Hello and welcome to the Her True Strength Podcast. You are in the right place for this episode if you're constantly feeling drained and yet tell yourself you're not doing enough to reach your body composition or training goals. If you've been struggling to build muscle or lose fat and keep it off and feel like you've tried every trick in the book, then tune out distractions and tune in to today's episode where you're getting a fix for the invisible influences you may have missed that are affecting your energy and training results. Her True Strength Podcast is your faith-based approach to discovering how to build your strongest body yet. You'll learn how to strengthen your mind, body, and spirit all through the lens of the gospel. I'm your host, Laura Lindahl, follower of Jesus, lifter of weights, and adventure enthusiast, and I empower faith-based women to build strong bodies from the inside out so they can confidently impact the world with strength and grace. Welcome to the Her True Strength Podcast. Hey guys, and welcome to the Her True Strength Podcast, where you're getting a heavy dose of strength-based health and fitness tips from a gospel-centered approach for you, the active women. I want to thank you so much for tuning in, and if you've been listening for some time but haven't left a review yet, what are you waiting for? I don't know if anyone's told you this yet or not, but your words are really powerful, and when someone reads your review, it lets them know what they can expect here and what they're in for, which helps them a lot to make a more informed decision. So do the world a solid and leave a review, drop some stars, much appreciated. Now, I am recording this podcast after like a week and a half of getting over an upper respiratory infection. So if it sounds like I'm a little <clears throat> coffee, that's because I am. But regardless, we are coming to you guys and dropping information. We press on. Okay, now for today's topic that you have been waiting for, let's dive in. If you're like a lot of women who come to me, you're not new to the health and fitness space. You've probably been at this for some time. Maybe you're a coach, maybe you are a trainer, or maybe you just have been working out for a long time and have worked with a lot of coaches, or maybe you're just getting started. Heck, wherever you are in your health and fitness journey, there is a point at which we tend to struggle where we realize what we are doing is not working. All the effort that we are putting in is not getting some of the results that we expected. And today's episode is for you if you're there. It's going to be particularly powerful if you're the woman who's been dieting for years, but feels like every time you take one step ahead, you just take two steps back. If you're the woman who's been struggling to stay a healthy weight and have a desire to have a healthy body composition so you can go up the stairs without feeling winded, fit into chairs comfortably, and be at peace knowing that you're stewarding your God-given body well, I want you to know that you're welcomed here. This episode is going to be really powerful for you. It's not a sinful thing to want to lose weight. It's not a vain or superficial thing to want to have a healthier body. I know that in some Christian circles, body image has been seen kind of as this like shallow thing to talk about and very superficial. Like it's bad to want to improve your body. I don't believe that it's bad to want to improve your body as long as we are doing it from a place that believes our body is already good enough and fully loved because God says it is fully loved and God says that it is good. But I'm here to tell you it is a good thing to want to pursue health. It is a good thing to want to steward your body. But here's the context that I want to approach this conversation 
in because we are talking about changing our body. We are talking about changing our body composition. And in some circles, they say that you shouldn't try to change your body at all, which I don't believe that to be true. I think that there are some amounts of effort that God calls us to, not to earn anything, but to care for and show love to the gift that we have been given. See, when God made your body, he said that it was good. Genesis one thirty one says, and God looked at what he had made. And particularly after he had made man and woman, after he had made humans, he said it was very good to be precise. And if the most true thing about you is that God is the one who named you his own, and he said that you are good, it is true. God cannot tell a lie. Okay. God loves you so much and will continue to love you regardless of what your body looks like. Super important for you to know and grasp. You are fully loved. Yet at the same time, he loves us enough not to keep us the way he finds us, right? And that's where this kind of fine line and the finesse comes in and how I approach these waters as a Christian health coach. Guys, listen, God cannot lie. The world will either tell you that you have to absolutely love your body. There's the body positivity movement that says, Your body is to be worshipped, is to be loved, which I agree with in certain tenets. Then there's the body neutrality that says your body is just kind of this space that you hold to. You shouldn't have emotions that are connected with it. It's just a temporary holding place. And then there's body shame. And I think if we're being honest, a lot of us tend to live more towards the shame aspect and really just would long for body positivity but I would just venture, can we live a little bit more between the gray lines of positivity and neutrality? Can we seek to improve our health? Can we seek to love our bodies and take action because of how gracious and how good God has been to us by giving these amazing bodies? And can we live comfortably in between those two? Okay. I hope this makes sense. So while your emotions might tell you something very different, you need to know this. Your body is inherently good enough right now, as it is, okay? Society might tell you something different. Social media might tell you something different. But what you need to know is that that drive, that drive to have a perfect body, to have the ideal body image that is created by somebody else is not from the Lord. Your body is fully loved and accepted right now as is, period, okay? I do want you to take a moment to let that sit in. Would you please? Okay. God says your body is good enough. Take a breather. You don't have to prove anything to anyone, even yourself. Okay. You don't have to get your body back after having a baby. You don't have to fit into your wedding dress again, right? These are things that we create for ourselves. That is not something from the Lord. Don't make the mistake that a lot of struggling and frustrated women do who are living in shame and believe you have to fit a mold. Do not believe that you have to get your body back to what it was. You are a new person. You don't. So if we don't have to fit into a mold and we don't have to lose weight to be loved and accepted, then you may be asking why even try to lose weight or get fit at all. And I would say that's an excellent starting place for our conversation today. As we talk about some things that can stop us from losing weight, that can stop us from building muscle or changing our bodies, 
it's really valuable to address these invisible factors that can be holding us back from doing so, but doing so from a place to understand that we are loved as is, our body is valuable as is, and that is why we care for it. God never called us to sit back and wait until the kingdom comes. He said, you are in the kingdom now. You are living in a kingdom body right now. He said to go. He said to be light, be salt, be present with people. Listen, you have a calling. Your body has a purpose, a family who needs you, a body right now that is worthy of being cared for. You have people who need you to be fully present for them and at peace with yourself and with God so you can be at fully peace with others. And sometimes in order for us to do that, we need a body that is fit. We need a body that is healthy and able to meet the demands of the day. Okay. Now, what an inspiration. When we think about it this way, instead of, I'm not good enough. I look terrible. I have to get my body back. We make it all about us. And I don't know about you, but that's kind of an icky feeling, right? For the believer, we know that we are not here for ourselves. And when you think about your health journey as an inspiration to take care of yourself because you are valuable and because other people need you, it shifts our mindset. It makes us realize that we have a purpose to make an impact on eternity and that having a body that is energized, focused, strong, and capable allows us to do that better. Why would we not want to take care of ourselves? Why would we not want to ask God to come into our struggles through that process? Okay. And that, my friend, is the frame that we set today's conversation in. So you're probably thinking, Laura, I know all of this. Maybe this is just in your head and you're like, okay, I get it. I get it. I get it. Okay. Well, this is the good stuff. So if you're wondering, when is she going to get to the good stuff? Like this is all part of the good stuff, but let us shift now to what is the invisible factor? What's that thing that you can't see that's been stopping you from losing weight? That's been stopping you from wanting to get a healthier body, have less weight that you are carrying. Well, hold your horses, sister. This is the good stuff, like I said, and a vital piece to lay the foundation for how we approach this because this changes everything. When you see your body as good enough right now, then you don't have to push and effort your way through fat loss piled on top of shame and guilt along the way because I don't want you to make the mistake. And that is why we start here. See, Most struggling women make the mistake of believing that partial truth, that in order to weigh less, you just have to eat less and move more, okay? Now, this is kind of partially true, but have you considered that women have been doing this for years and haven't gotten anywhere with it? Maybe you've been dieting for years and working out now more than you ever have, but you don't have a lot to show for it. Or how about this? If moving more was the answer, then why is it that there are people who don't exercise at all and have a healthy body weight, right? That's because moving more and eating less is a blanket statement. And very rarely do blanket statements work because you are the only you. It does not take into consideration your history, your metabolism, which is something we'll talk about today. It doesn't take into consideration your stress. How do you even know that you're eating enough and should be eating less? Do you have numbers or facts to know that's true? Or are you basing your belief that you just need to eat less 
off of years of dieting and restriction. Now, listen, you can believe whatever you want to believe. If it's working for you, then why quit it, right? But believing this to be true, and if you have found yourself believing this to be true, you just need to eat less and work out more. If that has led you, like many women I coach, to exhaustion, burnout, injury, feeling frustrated, and in short, not seeing the weight loss or muscle gain that you want for years, then could you consider another way that might be a better belief? Listen, if you want to be a strong and fit woman whose body seems to rise to meet every challenge and stays at a healthy weight, then allow me to shed some light on an invisible factor you might be forgetting in your health journey. That is your metabolism. When you take care of your metabolic health, your body functions better. It burns more calories in a day. It has more energy, the ability to build muscle. You will sleep better and you have more focus during the day because your metabolic health drives your hormones, your gut health, your stress levels, and your sleep quality. If you're ignoring this important factor in your health journey, then trying to lose weight by eating less and doing more is like trying to drive up a hill with the emergency brake on. You're not going to get anywhere or you're just going to feel really frustrated in the process. If you want to see sustainable fat loss and not just weight loss from shedding water that rebounds again in a few months, then you need to start paying very close attention to your metabolism and the factors that affect it. This is how I have been able to help women who have been burnt out from years of dieting and overtraining lose weight, keep it off, and build strength and energy without crushing their body in the process. It's always in the front of my mind as I take care of my body, and I hope that by the end of this podcast, your awareness to your metabolism, what it is, and how you can better care for it, I hope that they are no longer invisible to you. So, how would you know? If your metabolism needs help, is it slow? Is it fast? How do we know? Well, let's start by defining what your metabolism is first. Your metabolism is the fire in which your body burns energy. It's like the fire that is constantly burning in your body to keep you alive. In the world of exercise science, we call it your TDEE or total daily energy expenditure. And like a fire, there are several factors that affect how healthy that burn is or how quickly it burns. And you likely know that you need oxygen for a fire to burn, right? You need wood, you need a space for airflow, you also need an escape for smoke, or it's going to get choked out, right? Now, in the same way, your metabolism has factors that are affecting it. And knowing these factors puts you in the cockpit of your body's energy. Like a pilot, you can use these factors to your advantage to help you lose weight, build muscle, get better sleep, and get through the day without crashing. So it's important to identify what are these factors? Can we control them? Yes, you can. Let's talk about what they are. So just like a fire, your metabolism has these factors. They make a very big difference on how it burns. Some have a small effect. So I'll be listing these off in the order of impact that they have on your metabolism, starting with the greatest impact on your metabolism, okay? First up is a bundle of factors. Kind of think of this as the wood, okay? You can have different types of wood or wood that in and of itself has different factors in and of itself, right? 
how dry is the wood, how dense is the wood. And this is what I want you to think about our basal metabolic rate. Now, if you haven't heard of it, your BMR or your basal metabolic rate is at baseline how many calories your body needs in a 24-hour period to just survive, okay? Just to keep your heart bumping, your lungs a-breathing, and you a-living, okay? If you were to lay down in a lab, this would be measured in a 24-hour period with you doing nothing but breathing, okay? And your basal metabolic rate is affected by some factors, some that you can change and a few that you can't. Ones that you can change how much muscle you have on your body, okay? This is how much bone density you have and how much you weigh. These are all in your control and a part of why strength training for women's health is so dang important. And then there's some that we can't change, but these are way less, your age, height, and gender, okay? There's not a lot that you can do about these. Those are all God's choice for you. Listen, If your metabolism is 100% of the pie or 100% of your total daily calories, your basal metabolic rate contributes to about 70% or three quarters of the entire pie. And that's why it's so advantageous for you to actively try to build muscle, sister. Your metabolism needs it to thrive. So if you've been trying to focus on just burning calories and think that once you lose the weight that you want to lose, then you'll focus on building muscle, I'm sorry, but you've been told wrong and you're making a mistake that could cost you all of your time and energy when you could have been pursuing strength instead of just waiting for the scale to change. Listen, when you focus on building muscle instead of just losing fat, you put fuel on the fire of your metabolism to create a body that burns more calories in a day and functions better over the lifetime of your body, okay? It's like a daily double. Now, will you lose 10 pounds overnight just by focusing on building muscle? No. Building muscle is kind of like investing in the stock market. You might only get a 2 to 5% return on your investment. It might only increase your metabolism a little bit over the course of a couple weeks, but you multiply that by 52 and then how many years are in your lifetime, that makes an incredible difference in how your body looks and how your body feels. Listen, aerobic exercise is not of the devil. You'll catch me out on a run with my friends or at the trail or walking daily, and it will not make you fat. And anyone who tells you that is probably just trying to sell you something. If aerobic training is something that you love, go for it. But please don't miss out on the incredible benefits to your metabolism and your health that strength training and heavy lifting can give you as a woman simply because you believe it's better for weight loss to do cardio, okay? Next. The next factor of your metabolism comes from a little thing called meat. Now, this stands for non-exercise thermogenesis. Now, and if you have been missing out on this factor of your metabolism, you have accidentally missed out on nearly 20% of your potential. Neat is what I call the middle movement. It's what you do throughout the day. It's dancing at your desk. It's taking the long way to the bathroom. It's standing up between meetings and just moving more during the day. See, most women focus on the number of calories that they burn on the treadmill. They watch that number just slowly go up. 
but miss the calories walking to and from their car, dancing in the shower, taking the stairs, or standing up at their desk instead of sitting. Please, 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 on my mother's Bible, don't miss this. This all-day movement contributes more than your 30 or 60 minutes of exercise because you're doing it all dang day. And it takes little to no effort. You don't have to be trained on how to stand. You don't have to effort yourself to walk to the bathroom that's a little further away. It's very easy. There's no program needed. There's no recovery. So you now know two big factors of your metabolism that already have hopefully shifted the way you view your body and what you have to work with. Your genetics are not against you because they're only a tiny sliver of your basal metabolic rate. You don't have to work out all day because you can actually burn more calories getting in more middle movement throughout the day. And then next up, let's talk about why you don't exercise to lose weight. Yep, that's right. Exercise is not the most effective way to lose weight. And here's why. When we look at our total daily energy expenditure, how many calories we burn in a day, and what percentage of that actually comes from exercise, crazy. It's less than 5%. Yes, less than 5%. Why are we focusing on the 5%? While exercising does burn calories, it's not near as much as you think it is compared to the other amount of factors that you can be focusing on. In fact, the TEE or total exercise calories burned from your total metabolism, like I said, is less than 5%. So the 150 calories you burned at CrossFit when the elliptical sweating away, it's literally just a sliver of the pie. Here's an example. On a one mile run, the average person may burn about 100 calories. In comparison, studies have found that by simply increasing behaviors that contribute to more neat or middle movement, you can easily burn over 350 calories in a day without trying. Point being, if your goal is to improve your mile time, run. If you enjoy it, run. It's okay. But just remember, exercise isn't the most effective way to burn calories. Last but not least, let's talk about food. Now, I am primary a strength coach. I enjoy strength training the most in my coaching. Yet I also understand that a lot of people have a lot of hangups about food. And so I'm a certified eat to perform nutrition coach, and that is where I come from in my training. Now, one of the most important factors I have learned about food is that one of the things we forget about it is that it affects our metabolism. The last factor of your metabolism that we're going to talk about is the thermogenic effect of food or TEF. Did you know that for every bite of food you eat, you burn calories? Yep. From the motion of chewing, swallowing, digesting, absorbing, secreting, food takes a lot of calories and it takes work. How much work? Well, that depends on which type of food you're eating. Proteins tend to take up to 20% more energy for your body to break down. Carbs are about 5 to 10 and fat is between 0 to 5, which is why strong women take their protein intake very seriously and why even if you're not actively lifting or doing heavy exercise, you still need to focus on getting enough protein. See, protein is a vital component to a healthy metabolism. You can't repair muscle without it, and you can't build strong hair or nails without it. It's important for every aspect of your body to keep us running. 
And if it's your goal to just stay healthy for the long haul, you really can't do without having a sufficient amount of it. This is why eating less all the time doesn't work because eventually without fuel, the fire burns out. Listen, your metabolism is constantly adapting to the changes on your diet, the changes of your behavior, your stress levels, and movement. And when we cut calories down so long for long periods of time, years, months, you take away a big factor that fuels a healthy metabolism that will lose fat. Does it work in the short term? Absolutely. It is highly effective to go through periods where you cut down on calories to lose weight. However, we should not stay there. We should have points where we are actively not trying to lose weight. That's why I have all of my clients track their macros for at least two months before going into any type of fat loss phase, because I need to know if it's going to work, that they have earned the right to cut calories down from building up a healthy metabolism. So there you have it. You now know about four primary invisible factors that you can't see that are greatly affecting your body's ability to build strength or lose weight. You have learned about your basal metabolic rate and that you have more control over your metabolism than you thought you did by your choices to build muscle and bone density. And you've learned that the middle movement is really valuable for long-term health and that burning more calories in a day. And you've also learned that exercise is great for improving joint health, strength, circulation, blood levels, movement, but it isn't the biggest factor in weight loss. And Finally, hopefully you've learned that you can actually burn a lot of calories just by eating more food, particularly from protein-rich sources. And there you have it. That is, in a nutshell, what I coach my clients through who are interested in changing their body composition. I have hopefully put you into the cockpit of your health, my friend. I've just given you four control sticks that you can now work with to improve your metabolism. It's not a mystery anymore. Cat's out of the bag. And hopefully you can see now why all of those years of hustling only left you feeling burnt out because you weren't paying attention or did not know about the factors of your metabolism. And here's the good news. What we choose to do, we can choose not to do. If you have been dieting for years and perpetually trying to eat less, but then find yourself binging on the weekends and feeling guilty and starting all over on Monday, you don't have to keep doing that cycle. You can choose to eat more and give yourself permission to track your macros for a couple of weeks to identify, are you eating enough for your total daily energy expenditure? Which leads me to some really practical action steps I would recommend you taking if something I said in today's podcast stuck out to you. First is to determine what is your metabolism? How much does your body need to thrive in a day? What is your total daily energy expenditure? You can use an online calculator to do this. My personal favorite is at tdeecalculator.net. And to see if you're eating enough food for your body's current needs. And if you're under eating, that you might be accidentally slowing down your metabolism. The second is to do a middle movement audit and see how or where you can incorporate just 20% more movement into your day. Maybe that's by parking further away, taking the stairs, standing every hour, or going for an evening walk. Try to incorporate a little bit more middle movement. And number three is to pursue strength. If you're not currently doing any strength training program, and by that I mean purposely designed program that is progressive and consistent. 
This does not mean a random Peloton workout once a week. Don't get me wrong. I love Peloton. But for you to build strength, you need consistency and progression in a strength rep range. Consider adding in just one more day a week of strength training. Now, if you're looking for a program, head on over to my website, book a discovery call with me, and I'd be happy to point you out to one of my custom workouts or program workouts that might fit your needs. If not, try to find a coach or try to find a program that works for you. Now, that is a big old wrap on today's episode. Thank you so much for joining me. And as always, if something stuck out to you in this podcast, don't keep it to yourself. Jot down a note, remember it, take action on it, share it with your running buddy, share it with your lifting friend or your podcast guru friend. They will be happy you did. Until next time, friends, stay strong. All the love, Coach Laura.